So if you wouldn't mind, if we come to your mind, this church as a whole, this week, next couple weeks, pray that we get favor with the Rapid City government. We're looking at putting a annex in the back for Children's Church. But we're not exactly sure if they're going to approve of it. It's something that we need. We have a, a trailer-style annex that we can put back there, but we're just kind of figuring out if we can actually do it. And so if that comes to your mind, please just pray that God would give us favor with the Rapid City City government. Awesome. My name's Evan. I'm a pastor down here. If I haven't met you before, I would like to. Uh, it's a big... It's the reason why I'm a pastor, honestly. I like to preach the Bible. It's really where my heart's at. But even more so, I love just meeting people and finding out ways that I can help them connect with the overall church, Big C, the the body of Christ. So that way you guys can use your gifts, your talents, um, in the way that God wants you to use them. So for the last four weeks, three weeks, and tonight, we've been walking through a series called Together. And the idea is looking at what Rimrock believes in. We've looked at our core values. We have five of them. Relationship, truth, grace, relevance, and unity. It's out of these five core values that we build our mission and our vision. Rimrock as a whole has two campuses. There's the main campus, and we are one of those. And then the second campus. We both are underneath that umbrella of Rimrock. And so we both have the exact same core beliefs, same mission, same vision. And our vision is to be a community transformed by Jesus. Talked about that the last two weeks. But the idea that Ben and I, the head pastor, the one that's in charge of the main campus, the idea that we have with two campuses is that we operate underneath the same umbrella but we are full of unique individuals. Therefore, we come about we come up with how to approach the vision in different ways. And tonight I want to talk about Rimrock Downtown's vision on accomplishing the vision. That makes sense. It's all about relationship. Relationships are the lifeblood of communities. Through relationships, societies are established, cities are built, and businesses are created. Through relationships, an individual is able to accomplish far more than he could ever do on his own. Relationships are some of the main reasons we feel love and joy. Because of our connection to others, life becomes so much better. Last week, we looked at 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. Let's just read it one more time. Come to him, a living stone, Though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, that's believers, let yourself be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In this passage, we see the reality of church. It is a community of followers of Jesus. We come together on the foundation of Jesus, and then we are built into a temple of God. This is where the creator of everything dwells. Some people have put it, it's where heaven and earth meet. The church is a sacred and a powerful thing. It is not a building or a man-made set of rules. 
Please hear me on that. That is what our society so often sees as church. Rather, it is a collection of men and women who have recognized their brokenness, cried out to Jesus, and then have been inhabited by God himself. When these people come together, God creates his dwelling place. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 2. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The church is a dwelling place for God. We, those of us who have cried out to Jesus, when we come together, we are a dwelling place for the creator of everything. And we spent all of last week talking about that. If you want to go deeper, go online and listen to it. But that should just be blowing your minds. That right now, with all of us gathered here, majority of which probably are believers, we are a dwelling place for God himself. Let that resonate a little bit. Through this lens, the correct view, church should be seen as an incredible and essential thing. Last week we spent a little time examining how important and beneficial the church is to those who belong to it. Because of other living stones, we can each be supported and encouraged regardless of what type of circumstance we are in. To those who belong to this type of community, the other people involved play a pivotal role in making our lives better. This is the first place where relationships should be developed. We should be intentional about loving those that are a part of our church. And you can go little C, Rimrock, or you can go big C, the church of God, the body of Christ, all believers. In order to do this well, we have to get to know each other. Relationships start with a hello and a simple conversation. I challenged you last week, but I'll do it again. Instead of just walking into a church service, sitting down, going through the routine, and then leaving right away, meet one new person. Just say hi to them. As simple as that. It's out of these relationships, I promise you, you will gain more and more of the benefits that God gives through the church. But according to Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, this isn't the only purpose of the church. This is where we're going tonight. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I love the way that Peter describes the church, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Each of these describe a group of people that have been set apart by God, that have been pulled away from the normal and made to be different or distinct. That's how you define holy, different or distinct from the rest of this world. This means that the people who cling to Jesus have been granted an extremely unique position. They are sons and daughters of God himself. Ones who have been reunited with their creator so that way they can experience an eternal inheritance. But man, this is not the only reason that we were forgiven from every form of selfishness and then inhabited by God himself. We have also been set apart in order to accomplish a specific task during our days on earth. 
Proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you are a follower of Jesus, if your life has been positively changed by the God of the Bible, then you are called to share the ways in which he has made your life better. Is that making you feel a little nervous? So there's three things I want to look at tonight underneath that topic. One, what we share, why we share, and how we share. Let's start with what we share. Simple. Peter already told us. The mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's start simple. How many of you believe that there is a God? That everything, we and everything else in the universe was created then the mighty acts of God include causing the sun to rise today. The breath in your lungs and the life that lies in front of you. The fact that you have a beautiful and incredibly capable brain full of natural talents. We far too often forget and take for granted that we have done nothing to create the very fiber of our existence. Days, weeks, months, and years go by without us remembering that life is a gift that today has been given to you. When people are reminded of this, it can be both simple yet profound. Let's make it a little more complex. How many of your lives have been positively influenced by the Bible? If you didn't raise your hand, you don't understand why we have the Western culture. The Western culture and all of the amazing things that it contains were brought about because of the Bible. Basic morality, the idea of what's right and wrong. Human rights, these exist because of what the Bible teaches about all people being made in the image of God. Capitalism, advancement in technology and medicine exist because of the Bible's view on mankind's God-given purpose to make this world a better place. The Bible laid the foundation on which everything we love about our country was built. If you don't believe me, go to North Korea. Go to Afghanistan, countries that were built on an entirely different sacred text, and you'll see a stark contrast at the foundation of their culture. Let's talk about you more specifically. Think about the ways that God has brought you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Maybe you've had some woe moments like me, miraculously freed of addiction that was causing your life to crumble a severe traumatic brain injury that should have either killed you or at the very least changed you drastically, but almost three years later, you're so close to what you used to be. Think about ways that you have changed and grown over the last decade. Think about when you were 55, 45, 11, whatever. Think about the last 10 years and the ways in which you have changed. You used to always struggle with anger, lust, Greed, a longing for others' approvals, fears on finances or other people. But now, you very rarely battle with those things. Think about the way that your closest relationships have been created, sustained, and grown deeper because of God and his instructions and convictions. Think about your marriage. Think about your parents, both above you, the kids below you. Think about your close friends, the ways that those relationships have gone deeper and deeper over the years. 
How about the times that you've only experienced his marvelous light in small and momentary ways? Like when you got a feeling of peace in the midst of hardship. The fact that you feel content a majority of your days. That joy and gratitude towards life in general that seems to just come out of nowhere. And at the very least or most, if you have cried out to Jesus to save you from the brokenness of your life, then you have been spiritually set free. At that moment, you were dragged out of your spiritual darkness or death and elevated into his light or life. You are now reconciled with God, which means he has the ability to guide you, to speak wisdom and truth into your everyday life. It also means that when your physical body crumbles, that your spirit, the deepest part of who you are, will continue to live in the presence of your creator. Now, all these random hypotheticals are said because if you believe in the God of the Bible and have been striving to make him your priority, then you have been brought out of so many different types of darkness into his marvelous light. If you are a follower of Jesus, then your life has been changed for the better. And this is what we are to proclaim. The ways that God has definitively made you and your life better. We are not necessarily called to come in with our theological guns ablazing, ready to win any argument that comes our way. Rather, we are called to simply share about God and his goodness. More or less, cause and effect. I was in this situation, and then boom, miraculously something changed. I used to be angry at snobby Christians or people living on welfare, and then I read the Sermon on the Mount, and something suddenly deep within me shifted. The more time I spend reading the Bible, it's weird. The more I want to love my wife. Or as long as I spend that time in the morning with God, then I'm able to be patient with my kids and coworkers. We are not called to promote ourselves in the way that we better our lives. We are proclaiming how we have been saved by the power of God. We are called to declare the way that God and the Bible he gave us has made our lives better. It's really as simple as that. We all have so much to share. If you can't think of anything as I'm going through these, spend some time tonight or tomorrow morning thinking about the ways that your life has been made better. You will find them, I promise you that. Let's look at Revelations 12, 10 and 11. You don't need to hear it from me, just hear it from Jesus himself. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, proclaiming, now I have have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser, Satan, of our comrades has been thrown down, who accuses him day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see that? The blood of the lamb, Jesus, and everything he did, The same spot is the testimony of the saints. Your testimony really is that powerful. Don't let yourself minimize what you've been through. The Spirit of God can do so much through your story if you're willing to share it. So that's what we share. Let's look at why we share. And this is simple to me. It's because our culture is rapidly forgetting about God and how essential he is to our lives. Last week, I looked at some stats. 
73%, almost three quarters of Americans identify as Christians. But 48% of Americans fall under the category of post-Christian, which means that they answered yes to questions like they deny the existence of God. They don't believe faith is important to their lives. They disagree that the Bible is accurate. They haven't attended a church in, in the last year. And it goes on and on and on. 75% say that they're Christians based on their Christian heritage, but yet over 50, almost 50% do not allow their worldview and the way they live their lives to fall underneath the authority of the Bible and what it teaches. Rather, we live in a culture that believes that truth is relative and that we all have the ability to, divine, to find what is best for our lives. Now, the sad and, in my opinion, logical thing about this, whenever mankind puts himself at the top of the command chain and relies solely upon his logic, emotion, intuition, he, at the very least, will remain discontent and unsatisfied. More often, he ends up in his own chosen world of hurt and loss. And there's story after story after story in the news about this. In this room as well. In the same way that we have stories of God pulling us out of darkness, we each have stories of walking into darkness. The more that our culture moves away from the basic premise that there is a God and that he provides universal truth on the best ways to live, the more dependent they and we will become upon ourselves. The more we trust our own logic and emotion, the more brokenness we will experience. Proverbs 28:26 defines it so well. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. How do you think our culture would react to that statement? But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. This is why we must proclaim the glorious acts of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you've never memorized a verse, I hope that one sticks with you. I'm going to say it over and over. Through our testimonies, those who blindly stumble through life can begin to see the very real power of the God of the Bible and through God experience the type of life that they have always wanted to have. We are surrounded by people, many of whom we love, that are facing the cause and effects of being their own gods. We have firsthand experience of the benefits of surrendering control to our Creator that they must hear about. How do we share? Simple. We go door to door, stand on street corners. We videotape ourselves with our phone and spread it to the world. Anybody like that? Might be a few evangelists in this room, right? And if God does call you to go that way, follow him as he directs. But I have found what fits most people, myself included, and it's one of the most effective approaches for our current culture is relationships. Like I mentioned at the beginning, relationships are a crucial part of our lives. Relationships allow us to let our guard down, to be more comfortable, to take time to consider what the other person is telling us. In context of a relationship, more life-changing truth can be shared and received. And each of us have dozens and dozens of relationships. Family, friends, People at work, coworkers, bosses, clients, people at the gym, or people that have the same hobby as you, 
Maybe you go to the same grocery store at the same time and you run into the same individual week after week. These relationships range from intimate to acquaintances, but with each of these people, we have the opportunity to share God's goodness that we have experienced so that way they can experience it too. Now, I'm not telling you to walk into your boss's office and tell him the gospel. Rather, we must know that through our relationships with others, we may have the opportunities to tell them of the life that we have found. When we view relationships through this lens, then we are far more aware of the opportunities when they present themselves. Let me give you two quick examples from my life. One's kind of bigger, the other one's just day to day. So I got a buddy who got a second DUI quite a while ago, going through all sorts of hardships, right? Cause and effect, had to go 24-7 in the morning and the evening. He couldn't drive after certain hours. It's all these things that brought upon hardship and distress in his life. From that, I was able to invite him into a small group full of Christian guys that had experienced different types of struggles in the past similar to his. In six months, he recognized his need for God. It all came out of my relationship with him, the hardship that he was in, and then my ability to bring him into truth. Second one, not nearly as, as big or as drastic. I was meeting with a friend maybe two, three years ago, kind of complaining about some issues my wife and I were having due to how we chose, how I chose to spend my time around the house. Most likely it was because I didn't empty the dishwasher or fold the laundry, right? Because I had other big things going on that caused conflict. And he said he's gone through the same thing. And then he quoted a verse, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he helped me see how that should apply to my relationships. And that's been a lens for me that continually comes in whenever I deal with anybody from here on out. When the brokenness of this world hits the lives of those that we, are, have, those that we have relationship with, we usually have the opportunity to tell them of the redemptive power of the God of the Bible. But so, so often we miss these chances because we are not viewing relationships through this type of lens. So I challenged you last week. I'll challenge you again today. Start each day with this type of prayer. God, give me awareness of the opportunities I have to share your goodness with those I interact with. Put it somewhere that you're going to see it in the morning. Also, before you get out of the car to go into a coffee shop or leave your desk to go into an office, Pray the same exact prayer. God, give me awareness of the opportunities I have to share your goodness with these people I'm about to sit down with. I know this is making some of you a bit nervous. The idea of sharing your faith with others, of being open about what you believe, is more of a personal thing in your eyes, not something that needs to be shared. Everybody has their own. Just allow it to be that way. I get it. I still feel that way at times. But why don't we live as if what we believe is true is actually true? That there is a God who longs to redeem humanity from their inescapable brokenness. That God is the only way that the people we are surrounded by will be able to live a truly good life. That we, as followers of Jesus, have the Spirit of God living and operating within us, guiding and empowering us. How often do we forget that? 
that we have a very limited amount of time in this life. And soon it will come to an end. If this is what we believe, then we need to start living like we believe it. We weren't brought into the light to remain sheltered. We have been redeemed so that way we can be a living example of God's goodness to those who remain in darkness. All right, I'm going to start wrapping it up. And if you haven't heard anything else tonight, please hear the next three minutes. My desire and vision for Rimrock Downtown is that we will be a community that understands the importance of relationships and then operates out of these relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with our community, and our relationship with people outside of this church. God is our creator, our savior, and our sustainer. Our relationship with him is the primary reason why we were made. This must always be our priority. As a church, a body of believers, a collection of followers of Jesus, we have the ability to support and encourage one another regardless of what we are experiencing or what God is calling us to do. God has called you to be an ambassador of Jesus and will use you to show his goodness to those around you, those with whom you have relationships. Because this is our vision, this is not the only time you'll hear this. Week after week, we will be promoting these three different types of relationships. This is why you will be constantly taught about the God of the Bible from the Bible. This is why we always have opportunities to gather, like community dinner, date night, small groups, girls' night, guys' night, retreats. Right? We put all this in front of us so that way we can engage in community and experience the benefits that come from it. This is why you will always give you opportunities to serve others in the community, like with Love, Inc. or Cornerstone. If we begin to operate individually and collectively through this lens of relationships, then the possibilities of what will occur within this community will be endless.